don't compromise. There is a perfect life in your head and you truly deserve that. If you have to compromise, it's because you either didn't put enough effort, you decided not to be disciplined about it, or you just didn't believe in yourself enough. And those are not the ways because you have one life, you are in it right now, do not compromise. Life has changed for you in the past few years. And let's talk about your life. And you tweeted uh, last month, you tweeted this, uh, uh, tweeted this out and you said you truly think women are lucky to be the gender that carries and births babies. What an experience to live through. Um, so I wanted to hear all about your experience. Right now you're on baby number two. Um, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, that's been true magic, true miracle to live through. And I can't help but thinking, like, my husband should be jealous because I'm the one carrying those children. I'm the one living through this crazy, miraculous experience that is pregnancy itself. But birth, oh my God, the labor and the birth of a child is the most magical thing you can live through in your life. Like, I would never be able to say no to this experience. And honestly, I don't know how I'm going to stop <laughs> living through this experience. Because <laughs> it's wow. just really cool. I've never been pregnant, and I've... I don't have enough exposure to pregnant women, um, so that limits my understanding of the whole experience. What are some of the things that you specifically love about this, this experience? The hormonal changes that happened in me, um, I'm really thankful for those. But because, again, after my survival immigration experiences and professional athletic career, I might have been a little um, on the masculine side. That was not really true to myself. That was just the outcome of my experiences. So the pregnancy really showed me the other side of me and how much softer and more caring I can be. Um, then, I mean, labor itself, it's just, it's some weird magic that happens to your body. Like, yes, it is painful, which you don't remember the next day. It is difficult, which you don't remember the next day. You just feel like muscle pain, like uh, after a huge workout. But the next day I was like, oh my God, I can't believe this experience has ended and the next one might be like years ahead of me. Like, am I, I'll have to wait so long to live through this again. And in this pregnancy, like every day I remind myself, like when you go into labor, just remember to enjoy every minute of it because this is so short and this is so powerful. If you waste your time on thinking how much something hurts or some like how uncomfortable you are in the moment. Like you're gonna miss out on this miracle again. You had plans to have your second kids by 30, which you're very much on schedule. Did So you've always wanted to become a mom. Yeah, growing up in Russia, I didn't really question it because everybody has kids. Like there's no child-free culture. Um, kids are not seen as an expense, which they kind of yeah. are in the US, that's like, in a idiocracy, the first scene of idiocracy is uh, two successful double income, no kids people talking how they're trying to time the market to have the kids. And uh, that's a very funny concept that is true in the U.S. Like you can see how they plan their career for the child. 
Yeah. Um, in Russia, it wasn't the thing. When I moved to the U.S. and I was like, wait a second, nobody my age has kids. Because at 21, that's when you graduate college, 22. And as a woman, that's when you have your first child, usually, or when you get married. Um, I moved to the U.S. and I'm like, wait a second, nobody expects me to have kids here. Nobody asks me about it. Maybe I won't have them. And I thought that for maybe six to eight months. And I was like, oh, no. No, I'm definitely going to have kids. So I didn't really question that. Um, and again, I was such a happy child. And I saw my mom being such a happy mother and my dad being such a happy dad. And how we as a family had beautiful experiences, just really enjoying our time together. So I never seen it as a pain or a, a struggle. Mm -hmm. So I thought it would be my experience too, and it is. Was there anything that you didn't like about pregnancy where everything was just pure magic? Yes. <laughs> no. no, there are I a lot of things that you... I would be surprised if you didn't mention a thing. <laughs> no, you definitely... I mean, it's difficult. No, no question there. It's not easy. Um, in the first trimester, again, you're in a state of survival. The way I would describe first trimester is you're in a true state of depression... But you understand it's because of this miracle that is happening. So you're cool with that. Okay. And you know, it's like, it's temporary. So it's a temporary state of depression for like two months that you just deal with that because you know, it's for the greater cause, but you basically don't feel good all the time. Like you, you feel unwell. Something mm. is not right. Like you don't like the food you usually like. You want to, you want to nap every day, basically. <laughs> Um, and funny thing is, in the first trimester, you really don't want to be an entrepreneur. You just want to quit your business. Like the meme in my head, you know, where the guy's like flipping the table. How has being a mom changed you? Priorities, for sure. Um, my priorities got way more straight in terms of like I could compromise here and there. Um maybe make the wrong choice because I could deal with the consequences. Like, stupid example. I, by the way, I never tried alcohol in my life, so I don't drink, but I think it's a good example. Um, like, people go and they drink a little too much and they deal with the consequences the next day. Uh, they're hangover, they're, they're sleeping in, uh, the day's wasted. You can never do that as a parent. And I see <laughs> a lot of like moms and dads just becoming so much more healthy because they kind of have to because if you don't have the energy to be the parent like your life gets so much harder so you prioritize the healthy lifestyle you get a better routine I don't remember the last time where I wasn't in bed by 10 30 p.m maybe at Miami Bitcoin conference that's probably it um so you prioritize the right routine and the whole low time preference just becomes even more disciplined in your head and it's not even thinking it's not even conscious you just like you just have to it kind of like you're in a way yeah you optimizing for longevity you're optimizing for the most energy outcome for the next day it's like you always optimizing for the future because you see this future growing in front of your eyes so um that's that's really the biggest change probably
have the experience of being a mom surprised you in any way? Like anything that you grew up thinking, oh, this is what it's like to be a mom. And then when you are actually in that position, that's not the case. In some ways, it's easier than I expected, um, I would say. So honestly, my my understanding of motherhood was pretty much on point. Um, what I wasn't sure if I would be able to do, and like it took me two years to realize that like I had principles in my head that I thought I would I would live through as a as a mother, but I couldn't talk about them yet because I wasn't sure if I would stick with my principles out of the hardness and toughness of being a mom, being a mom. And um, now two years in, I'm realizing no, like my principles stayed in place. I still believe what I believe. Like for example, the whole homeschooling. Uh, thing I thought it would be really hard I thought I would give up and now like obviously I'm not schooling my child on physics yet like he's two years not even two years old but I realized that they're just a sponge that is acquiring information from everything and all I have to do is like read books um, or basically not take like I'm just talking through what I'm doing in life on a minute basis, like, let's make coffee, let's clean the room. And he just acquires all this knowledge and it's so much easier to homeschool a child than I thought it would be. So I think I'm like entering the confidence level that I will be able to live through, live with all the principles that I thought I had in my motherhood life. So um, I'm gonna start talking more about it on social media and like be more open about what I believe should be done as a parent. You mentioned homeschooling in some of your posts, and it's a concept I'm seeing starting to take popularity, especially among Bitcoiners, and there are people actively doing it and talking about it. But uh, I imagine some major difference to homeschool a two-year-old to a 12-year-old. What is your plan? I know it's still 10 years ahead. First, so what is the rationale behind homeschooling? I think the current system, like the public education, is optimized for two-parents household working 40-plus hours a week, so they need the child to be somewhere taken care of. So they have this school system that wastes a lot of child time and potential while also turning them into an obedient uh, member of society. So I don't think it's in the best interest of my child or the society to have this public education. Um, and... Like, it is the simpler and easier way, for sure. And again, the the low time preference teaching me that, that like, yes, it might be, it might take some of my effort. It might take more funds, like as an investment, but that's what I'm consciously choosing for my child. And I think it would, you would be interested in hearing this too. Same goes for birth and labor. Like a lot of Bitcoiners mom, um, opt out of the system and do unmedicated birth without any painkillers, without uh, the hospital uh, team just doing it at home unmedicated. And again, they're optimizing for the future outcomes because in a hospital there are a lot of interventions that do ensure the safety of your child in the moment. But the doctor is not going to be the one raising this child for the next 20 years. They don't, hear, they don't care about the immunity system of your child for the next 20 years. They don't care about the gut health of your child for the next 20 years. They optimize for the fact that tomorrow you're going to leave this hospital with a baby that is not dead. Yeah. 
and like this is not what as a parent I mean obviously you want your child healthy uh you you want your child alive but you want him healthy for the next lifetime and that's what you have to consider too and that's what doctors don't have to consider so the the bitcoiners mom that I see they do try to do unmedicated birth um they do try different system of like they all breastfeed basically and then they all optimize for a different diet when they introduce the child to food and then they want to homeschool their children or at least some alternative education methods and again homeschooling like the more i talk to older moms who have older children like there are cool system there are cool alternatives that are not that hard that you can still have your own time you can still have a job or a hobby and being able to homeschool because the education they provide in a public school you don't you don't need 8 hours in order to obtain all this information like i remember the majority of the time was disciplining us so we can sit on the stupid tables <laughs> and then choose the right book and then who's going to read next and it's like so much wasted time when again i didn't go much to school i only went to school maybe 4 months out of a year at best and i was able to graduate was like mostly ace because again you don't need that much time in school in order to obtain the information do you have any of the specific of how the traditional method of um laboring in hospital like what they they do to that are super high time preference i mean c section has skyrocketed in the last in the last 40 years and c section itself like it's a great tool that we discovered for those who are truly struggling through labor and cannot like a lot of mothers used to die during labor because c section didn't exist it is necessary tool to have it is great that we have it but it is so overutilized in the current world just like antibiotics for example great tool that we discovered but so overutilized mm-hmm. um that is killing gut bacteria for people so same goes with c section it is very important experience for a mother's body and for child body to go through the birth canal to do to go through the labor experience um the for a child's immunity for a mother's hormonal response including like future breastfeeding etc when you go through c section your body's being tricked like your body doesn't really know that you went through labor it is a completely different experience so now you somehow have to tell your body hey you had the child you need to start breastfeeding you need to start going through the postpartum hormonal spikes which your body doesn't know it, right. it your yeah. body just all, all it felt is it was cut in the, in the middle of the belly and that's about it so um now we see a lot of postpartum depression skyrocketing too because again your body didn't live through the natural like the nature is smarter than us we cannot we cannot lie to our body and expect it to perform the same way and then um uh, it's also harder to have more children if you have c-section then there are a lot of extra funny things how they give your child a lot of vaccines like for example the whatever vaginally transmitted disease like hepatitis uh, vaccine that they give to your child at the age of few hours 
and you're like, I don't think my child is gonna have a sexual intercourse, uh, you know, <laughs> anytime soon. I don't need you. I, I don't think you have to give him this little illness right now in order to fight future. So yeah, a lot of questionable, questionable interventions that are happening in the hospital. Um, just due to the different different decision-making, different thinking process for the doctor versus parent. Wow. It's a lot to think about. And I feel like when you become a parent, this is when you really have to put your foot down in terms of your value. Like, where do you stand? Because you have to actually make these decisions for your children, who you probably love the most in the world and want the best for them. So I was planning, my, for my first child, I was planning a home birth. But then I woke up at 34 weeks pregnant, which is six weeks yeah. until the full term. And I was in labor out of blue. So I had to go into hospital because the child was a little too young to be born at home. And we had to fight. Like, we were still lucky because our hospital is, like, somewhat freedom-minded. Yeah. But we had to fight for not getting myself steroids. That's what they wanted to give me and the child. They wanted to give us antibiotics because they didn't know what caused it. So they thought it was might have been some kind of infection which 24 hours later, the results of the blood work came back and the doctor said, okay, it was the right call, parents. Congratulations, you did the right thing. But 24 hours before that, this doctor literally walked into our room three times in the matter of three hours and said, your child may die if you don't give him antibiotics. And we're like, you're literally telling me, my, I mean, how can you even tell this to anybody? Well, you might be making the decision that your child is going to die. And I'm like, okay, give me the numbers. Like, give me statistics. And she's like, well, the chance is 0.02%. I'm like, are you telling it to every parent with this much? I was so pissed. But imagine you're in this vulnerable state. You just went through a crazy experience of going into labor early, 36 hours of laboring a child. You, like, in like... You can't think properly. You just tripped like on the biggest, biggest trip of your life. And they're giving you all this fake information just to manipulate your decision. And now you have to stand and advocate for yourself. Like it's really hard. So yeah, you, if your values are not straight at this point, you're probably going to stick with their plan. And that's why marrying a Bitcoiner was such a blessing because like we might have not talked through every potential scenario for my labor with my husband, but because we're so aligned philosophically, there was no question on a single issue between the two of us. We like stood together as two parents who are exactly on the same page regarding all the decision-making for our child. And, uh, you know, that was a very powerful experience for us as a couple to just realizing how blessed we are to have found each other and to just live together as a truly philosophically aligned couple. That was really cool. That's such a blessing because imagine having that conversation to if if you should take the doctor's advice when you're in labor and in that scenario and you have to like have that conversation with your partner if the, if he's disagreeing with you then it's going to be a shit show. Uh honestly, and honestly this 
see speak so much to, about your strengths because doctors they're supposed to be the professionals like they're supposed to be the ones who help people and they have the the expertise and knowledge in science to um, properly nav help people navigate through the situation and to say something like your child might die if you don't take this that's a very strong argument and the fact that you didn't really kind of cave into that and fought through at such critical state and with so much at stake um that's definitely a, a, a experience to live through and let's take a step back then because you're talking about partner and before you become a mom you become a wife right and i guess for my for my case like i want children i've always you know i get along with them i like them i like spending time with them um and that's been my case growing up but my biggest fear here is i'm very much afraid of doing it with the wrong person it should be yeah <laughs> I, yeah I, sh I know i should be my mom always said remember when you're choosing your partner remember you're also choosing the father for your children and like those two go hand in hand and choosing the right partner is so important because it's honestly the, the biggest decision of my life. Like that's the most important decision Absolutely. in your life. Like you take this turn, you cannot go back. Yeah. Um, like it's huge. And before meeting my husband, a week before that, I went into counseling with a therapist and I spent two hours outlining exactly what I wanted my partner. Oh, like, wow. Uh, stupid details. Like, I'm telling you, like small details that I would never even think about. But she forced me to think about every lifestyle choice he makes, every like career choice he makes, what kind of family he's coming from. We talked through everything. Two hours of completely outlining my partner. So when I did meet him, there was no hesitation. Like, I knew very soon that, like, that's it. Uh, probably a month in, I knew that that's my husband. Because he was so aligned with what you're looking for? Exactly. He was the, the portrait that I had in my head on all the life decisions, uh, knowledge, information, skills, and, like, life future imagination like we see in the future exactly the same way and i want we wanted to achieve it the same way so um yeah that was very clear to me lucky you <laughs> what i have to say <laughs> and so what are what were the things you were looking what are the things you were looking for yeah, my first thing I would say, well, he must be good at math. For some reason, ever since I okay. was a child, my husband had to be good at math. And that kind of turned into he's probably an engineer. Yeah. Uh, so for some reason, I, I knew that my husband was an engineer. Um, then I really wanted him to be from a full family, that his parents are still together because he has this role model of loving parents and loving mm -hmm. couple where mm -hmm. divorce is not an option. I really wanted that. Um, I wanted him to have siblings um, because I think if he's from a bigger family, he will want a bigger family. Uh, I wanted him to make very conscious choices regarding his health. Like I wanted this, I wanted him to be healthy and good on a fitness level because that's what strong partner is for me. Um, I wanted him to be ambitious, but also not money hungry for the sake of having money, but more for the sake of having freedom. Um, 
those were like important things to me. Um, and then, yeah, it's funny how we met. Like three months before that, I was um, in Mexico with my friend Ben de Carmen, who is a core contributor. And I was like, Ben de Carmen, you must know my husband because he's an engineer. You hang out with all the engineers. Find me my husband. And he actually went through his whole following <laughs> list on Twitter to try and find me a husband. Two months later, uh, a friend of mine is looking for a CTO for her company. And I'm like, hey, Ben DeCarman, can you find a CTO for this company? He's like, well, try to reach out to this guy. Yeah. So I reach out to him on Twitter. I slide into his <laughs> DMs saying that my friend is hiring. Yeah. And he's like, well, I'm not looking for a job. I'm like, but, you know, her I'm looking for a wife. so ambitious. <laughs> and yeah, we, like, I... I jumped on a Zoom call with him trying to convince him to work for my friend who is hiring. And he's like, well, good luck to you, but I'm really focused on Bitcoin right now. I'm not looking for a job at the time. Um, and I didn't realize that he was good looking at the time. I, like, I completely didn't think about it whatsoever. Right. And then three weeks later, I come to Austin for a bit devs just for a meetup. And I walk into the devs with the friend who was hiring. And I'm like, this is the dude we were trying to hire. He's a hottie. <laughs> and um, yeah, on this bit devs, um, we talked a little. And the next day there was a barbecue and he asked me out. And um, yeah, like a, a little over a year later, we had a child. Oh, wow. Lucky him as well, because basically he just had a wife slap into his, uh, fall on his lap, slide into his DMs, right? How convenient. Truly. Um, Seriously. Yeah. And uh, another thing I wanted, like, when he asked me out, I said, well, we're on different timelines. I'm getting married and having children next year, and you're very young. He was only two years older than me. I was 25, and he was 27. Mm -hmm. So I, like, I wanted... A person who's ready to have children next year. And so I told him right away and he said, well, I'll still take a date. I'm like, okay, I, I gave you a heads up. So he was ready. Finding the right person is very important and it's too important to screw up. Like that's my biggest concern here. How do you... It's tricky. Like, how do you even balance? Because it's not up to you. It's not like I can do 10 push-ups a day and then by the end of 100 day, I will, like, have a perfect husband, right? It, it just doesn't work like that. That was kind of my approach. What? It kind of was. Okay. It really was. Walk me through. So, during the COVID, I really spent my time, like, trying to better myself in any way I can to become the wife of the husband of my dream. So, like, I was getting healthier, getting educated, uh, getting my, like... Getting my life in place where I'm proud of where I am and I'm a solid wife um, possibility for anybody, basically. What and is a solid I, wife possibility? Like, what goes into the the, the mix? For specifically for my perfect husband, not for anybody. Uh, yeah, obviously. of course. So, what they care about is like healthy, fertile, um, not in debt. Um, has a job that she enjoys, not depressed, like a happy woman who is ready to become a happy wife and happy mother, basically. So that's what I was becoming at the time. And I was like, okay, I think I'm ready to meet my husband. And I was living in Mexico and I absolutely could not see myself <laughs> uh, finding a husband there because of all the drama that I see. Like, it's a stereotype 
that I have confirmed for myself when I lived there. So I moved back to the U.S. and I met my husband three weeks later. So maybe I didn't have to move. But um, basically, I outlined exactly what I want from my husband. And then I started putting myself in the position where I could potentially meet this person because you can like visualize your husband and think about it all you want and then sit at home and like exactly. swipe Twitter all day long, which which may still work out <laughs> as we know. But, <laughs> Apparently. But yeah, most likely not. So um, I was looking for what are the places that the potential husband of mine is going to. And those were like... Meetups, basically mm-hmm. tech meetups, um, because he was an engineer. All the Bitcoin hangouts. Um, I wait. I made it very clear to all my Bitcoiner friends that I am looking for a husband. In fact, yeah. and you all better help me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Maybe I should take the same approach. Actually, <laughs> yeah, because all you have to do is be the wife that you think your husband would want. And put yourself in a position where you can potentially meet him. And that's it. And like bid devs in Austin worked out for me. Um, I see a lot of mutual friends who met their person through Bitcoin or Bitcoin meetups too. Um, So that's been working out. Or through introductions by Bitcoiners. That's been working out well too. Um, Yeah. And, you know, my husband once told me, he's like, I'm a little concerned about all the traveling that you do. Because I... I traveled way too much, like 60, 70 flights a year. And he said, I'm a little concerned about all the traveling you do, but I think it's because you were looking for a man. And at the time I was like, absolutely not. I was traveling for Bitcoin. I was traveling for pleasure. But in, in my subconscious, yeah, I was like, like yeah. how does he know? Yeah, <laughs> that was that was probably on point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I totally relate to that because, you know, you, people things don't just happen and you if you want something you have to be strategic about it and you have to actively go go after it it's very rare that the wife just slide into your dm and one thing led to another right and for the majority of us we're like not as fortunate you you need to actually go out there and meet people and connect from there the hardest part is to know what you want and this is what i realized as well and it's not just apply it doesn't just apply to relationship it's about career about family and all aspects of your life i i think like the hardest part is really to uh put put fingers and be very specific and articulate about what you want because if you don't know what you want how are you going to find it um you have an atlas of what you're looking for so when you see that person you the the realization happens very very quickly um so i think that's it's a combination of things you need you first need to know where you're going and then be strategic about it to think about how do you get there right so it's it applies to absolutely everything that's more than and people think that you only need to do this with their career with your career but in reality this is something you also should do um in in relationship and make sure people like kind of adopt the same mindset in in entrepreneurship like build in public you telling your friends like i'm looking for a husband and you're like looking in public right so when people have someone that they think might be suitable they're gonna point your way and you never know um the power of planting seeds is it's always very magical um 
and you t- and you talk about homeschool. You have plans to homeschool your children. Uh, they're probably a little bit too early to start right now. But how do you like visualize it when they're let's say ten, twelve years old? How do you see their day to day and your day to day? Because I years ago, like I wasn't familiar with the concept of homeschooling. Forever, like I didn't grow up in that background. I went to public schools, wore uniforms, and it's a very different. Like I, I felt very unhappy growing up because I'm always kind of an old duck compared to my peers in the environment I was in.、Um, but I didn't know there was other option. And the first time I heard about homeschooling, and I thought it was. Very hard to implement, and it was, and I I thought the the mom would have to do the majority of it, which is another aspect where I'm kind of in fear for starting a family and having kids. Is that I didn't really have a self growing up. Um, I was very much like living under other people's expectations and being a traditional. Um, good kid,、um, and I obviously rebelled and left home at 18 years old, and had the privilege and the opportunity to really shape myself ever since and be my own person.、Um, so I find myself holding on to the self a lot because I didn't have、yep. that growing up.、Um, so my fear here is I'm so afraid of being in a Be, becoming a wife and becoming a mom, and then my identity, myself, and who I am will get consumed by the responsibility, by the the the, the other aspects of who I am. So, yeah, help me. How? Well, what do you have to say? The motherhood will definitely transform your view of yourself, but you, you'll find even better yourself、uh, in this position, in my opinion. But I definitely understand trying to be the good daughter and like trying to fit into other people's expectations, and school actually puts it on you a lot. Now, if you go to my schooling idea, it is not going to be a homeschooling in the traditional way where you basically pick up a curriculum from your local school and mom just teaches you everything from A to Z and you pass the test at the end of every year. This is not. The homeschooling I'm planning on, the the hybrid that I'm thinking about is more known as an unschooling, because basically there is no structure to follow other than what you put in place. And what I see a lot is I loved project based education where I exactly know why I'm learning something and I know how to apply it. So just a couple of small examples, like I love geometry, which. I still do,、um, but there are different ways to 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 learn geometry. You can learn it by reading textbooks, or you can learn it by building a chicken coop and、uh, on your backyard. Or like I even have this idea: when my firstborn son is twelve years old, he's gonna start building a house on the backyard, a house for himself. He is gonna do the full project design. He is gonna learn like AutoCAD or whatever the the tools are in place at the time. He's gonna learn the design. He's gonna learn the actual hands-on building. And by the time he's fourteen, fifteen, he has his own backyard house to live in if he wants to live on his own, where he can learn how to cook and do whatever. So like there are all those project-based plans that I have in my head or. Like a, an RV trip around the country, 
where you learn a lot about local geography and history just by actually being there instead of looking at the map. So all these little projects that like, I will be able to accomplish because I have a freedom of working remotely and because Bitcoin is going to make sure that we have the funds to fund all that, like that's a great position to be in. I understand that. I understand not everybody can do that, but um, it doesn't also have to be this way. You just basically has to have to follow the child's curiosity because, again, they're the sponge that just acquires information from whatever you whatever you feed them. And if they're currently interested in the dinosaurs, let's try to learn about dinosaurs. If they're interested in fixing your old car, let's learn about that. And it's amazing how much more you learn when you actually have to apply the knowledge. Like, I spent two years in economics and finance school and just have no idea what I learned there. And then when I have to manage my finances, file my taxes, do the company projections and like P&L files, like, okay, I can actually learn that, apply that, and it stays in my head forever, not just until the exam is over. So... I just want to apply the same thing to my children and there will definitely be sit down and learn from textbooks here and there. Uh, I'm not against that at all. It just doesn't have to be spread out for eight hours a day. It can be consumed to like 40 hours, 40 minutes mm. of math a day, yeah. 40 minutes of different languages. Um, I also want them to learn music and uh, definitely learn their body really well through like gymnastics, boxing, whatever sport they like at the time. Mm -hmm. um, just expose them to as many things as I can and see what sticks in a way because we all are different and like I really stick with sports at the time and my sister really didn't. Um, so everyone's different. Things that we want, yep. Yes, it's gonna be about trend error in a way and I definitely see this huge flaw in traditional edu education system is that there's so many kids having good grades and they do well in life and but lack a basic level of common sense and they're terrible at taking care of themselves materially successful but they have very low emotional intelligence they don't know how to interact with people they crave intimacy but don't know how to approach that um and have their but these people because of that contrast and even more so with that contrast they're going to form some like seriously dark thoughts and dark corners in their souls and that's hugely no no parents want to see their kids to be in that position um, if they realize the actual impact. So I definitely see the the urgency here. Um, do you have enough time, especially with baby number two that's coming, like in the future, how do you see yourself balancing? And how do you see your husband as well, like balancing your personal life, professional life, and, and the, the vital roles you play in your family? Yeah, the definition of the roles is definitely something that you have to communicate very clearly with your husband because that's... Basically, both of you have certain expectations on the parenting style and the parenting efforts from for each of you. And then if you don't communicate it clearly, that's where a lot of um, disagreements will come from. 
um, we do have a lot of help. So my in-laws are very hands-on and they're moving to our town very soon. So I'm super excited about that. I also do have a nanny that comes in for like five hours a day usually during the work time. So I can jump on a podcast like that and get my work done in the morning. Um, and then also children sleep so much. I did not realize <laughs> that I like I did not need at all maternity leave with my first child because he was just sleeping all the time. All I had to do is breastfeed him here and there. And like I had so much time on my hands the first few months of um, being a mom. I did not realize I would have that. Like I had things in place to like completely take care of the business if I'm not able to attend. And here I was taking all the clients calls because I had all the time in the world and all the energy too, thankfully. Um, so again, I have flexibility because I'm a business owner and I have a very good team. And now like building through the bear markets, I can clearly see how my team grew in the way that like how much more professional uh, they've become, how much better of uh, communication methods we established, how the processes are so brushed up now. So we, we will be able to scale a lot without feeling <laughs> the pressure from the yeah. bull market. So we are really ready for that. And you know how you mentioned that like children are not ready, like they're not ready to take the next steps in life because like we basically throw them throughout the school they're completely taking care of their mom they're being cooked for they're going to school where the school tells them exactly what to do in order to get an a like they don't have to analyze things they don't have to be self-reliant and they don't have to make decisions and analyze the potential future outcomes and then we throw them into a university where they live on their own they have completely different interact like there's no discipline in place other than what they have to build for themselves. So that's where the first huge downhill happens yeah. to many kids because yeah. they're like, okay, I, yeah. I'm on my own. I'm going to go nuts. And then they go to work where now they're not financially taken care of. They're not uh, like emotionally taken care of. There's no clear leader who tells them what to do. And it's like in a small business, you see how you're how your employees grow. They slowly and steadily take every step and you have to lead them through this growth. We have to do the same with children because we can't just tell them, okay, this is a promotion between the previous stage and this stage. We will not teach you anything. There will be no onboarding process. We're just throwing all this huge new list of responsibilities that you figured out. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how do you expect the child to just completely take on a huge new role without any learning curve. You totally. don't. You yeah. shouldn't you expect shouldn't. that. Mm -hmm. So if we give more responsibility to our children throughout the schooling experience to get them ready for college and then through college to get them ready for career, to like start exposing them one like little by little instead of this huge dive into a new role, that it's just going to be much nicer of a process without additional stress yeah. with much better outcomes. So, yeah, I saw it in my team. Uh, we've been doing a lot of, um, a lot of, a lot of growth lately, especially since I found out that I was pregnant. I was like, okay, another, another time to take a leap in education, in growing as a team, in bettering our processes. So, 
I think we're getting to a really good spot where I'm so confident in my team that I can get out for a, for a second. Nice, nice. Yeah, that's a great position to be in for sure. And the other question I had for homeschooling is that, is this, at least in the U.S., right? Like, is it viable to have your kid and have the entire school years um, homeschooled and, and go to college? And, and what's the school system translate? They will have to take SAT at the, at the end of the school for sure. Uh, but they actually realized that colleges want homeschool kids more seems like and, and the homeschooled <laughs> kids do better at colleges yeah, somehow yeah. what a surprise a lot of parents do that they will homeschool through elementary and middle school and then they will send the child to high school for experiences and getting ready to college so that's very common theme um i do want to do a hybrid where like for example i i i consider the situation where we go back to Russia for like six, nine months and take a school year in a traditional Russian school just so he or she can experience what I lived through back in the day. Um, also, Russian schools are so cool in the way that you don't have to attend if you don't want to. <laughs> like the parent has a full full responsibility for the child my mom would write a note saying sorry katie needs to go snowboard today and that would be fine that's nice and like i could skip months at a time and show up and take the test and prove them that i learned what i had to learn and there would be no cps child protection services called on my parents or anything like that because the parent has more weight in the child education. So, like, skipping school is not an issue. Uh, having the hybrid system is not an issue. It's, like, more customizable, in my opinion, especially in small towns. I remember you're in Miami, and you're, I think you, you took your son, and then you were still breastfeeding at the time, but your energy level was through the roof. You didn't seem, like, tired or, you know, you were, like, barely keeping up. You're not. You're, you're you know, fully enjoying it. Was it because you're an athlete? What, what was your secret i think the overall health is just like again i never tried alcohol in my life so i never poisoned myself i do eat good food i do exercise regularly so maybe my base level energy and my just i just feel good all the time most of the time and i like again i invested effort into becoming that healthy um and then i also like my child sleeps so good. Like right now he sleeps 12 hours every night from 7.30 p.m. to 7.30 a.m. Nice. I can get as much sleep as I want and even more. So uh, I'm not this sleep-deprived mom by any means. And of course it happened. It, it was the case here and there. But again, it's so temporary. You forget about it the next month. My fear level kind of go down. Um, I think it's, it's, it's about me getting exposure to more of women that are already in that position to because right now it's a, it's a myth for me right like I have very little very little places to gather information like this is like I understand it's all in my head but I don't know how to get out of it and I think ultimately it would take the right person to to do it for sure you find the cases where people really made it work for themselves and you follow their framework just like you would do okay his investing strategy, whatever, made him wealthy by 35. Maybe I should see what he did right and follow the same footsteps, right? Like something like this. You do the same with family. Like I see moms of six and I'm like, whoa, I don't know how she did that. But she did 
and it works for her. So I'm going to go and ask mm-hmm. and just apply her framework or, or find a similar framework for myself that will work the same way. So the more, the further I go into motherhood, the more I realized you can make everything work for yourself. You just need to find what you're comfortable with and how to achieve this the system then choosing to avoid it altogether <laughs> it's it's yeah. I, I guess in the end um yeah it's definitely like i'm i'm having so much fun with this podcast partially also because these these conversations i have with people and because i focus on the human side of bitcoin and i talk to bitcoiners it's such a privilege for me to get exposed to conversations like this and learn from you and, and other guests about what they've done in their lives that have benefited them that have trip them over um, for me and my audience to learn. So thanks a lot for this opportunity. And you've been very honest and candid with your answers. So I really do appreciate that. Um, before we wrap off, can you teach me how to say fix the money, fix the world world in Russian? Let me find a good translation. A sim- um, simpler version. Isprav dengi, isprav mir. Is prive dingy, is prive mir. Booyah! Good enough? Oh, nice. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm impressed by myself because usually I don't get on the first try. Like, n- normally I have to, like, learn for, like, two minutes and cut out the part when I was learning. So, good, good. Kudos, kudos to both of us for that. And thanks a lot for joining, Katie. Um, it's been a great time to connect with you and to have this conversation thank you for sharing your knowledge and your experience any final thoughts before we wrap up do not compromise on your perfect life out of your fears just don't compromise there is a perfect life in your head and you truly deserve that um if you cut like if you have to compromise it's because you either didn't put enough effort you decided not to be disciplined about it or you just didn't believe in yourself enough and Those are not the ways because you have one life. You are in it right now. Do not compromise. Wow. I need this reminder, actually. So thanks for that. Don't compromise. Thank you so much for joining. And what's the best way to keep close to your work? Twitter, Katie the Russian. And um, on my Instagram, I decided that I am going public with more of a motherhood Um, content and how I see the motherhood to be a better like a a better easier motherhood than what the system tries to let us believe so I'm going to be talking more about that on my Instagram and that is the universe of Katie Um, so thank you so much I really enjoyed it Uh, I do like going a little more personal than again just talking about business and bitcoin I think it was super fun Wow, I'm glad. We shall do this again. Happy to be in your universe. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Light with Bitcoin. I'm your host, Vivian Chen. If you like this content, please like and subscribe. And we'll see you in the next episode.